Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. So I was excited about getting to work on my new series titled Family Redefined, My Mothers and My Brothers, because you know, I cannot leave alone the business of deception and conformity. This could also be titled The Greatest Migration in History. No, but I was interrupted by God on Saturday as I was talking with him in my thoughts. As in many cases with me, he dropped a question. What about some testimonies, Ken? He asked. So I said, hey, it's time. We have a few podcast messages going out on the E-Train of Life. Why not give props where props are due? I mean, Christianity should be in part a life of results, not just talking, but actual results. You should have a testimony. Your Christian behavior should be in part a testimony. John states in 1935, and he who has seen has testified. And his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may believe. Okay, so the title of this message is Active Duty. I thought that appropriate since we are called soldiers, 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, and given spiritual weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, and spiritual armor, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and are told we are in a war. Back to 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. I have other messages on spiritual gifts and all of what I just stated in this paragraph that go much deeper and are specific to each of these things stated. I have just grazed over them to give this as a result of believing and living in that knowledge. I thought I would share these stories because I felt that as I was sharing them with my son the other day, I thought that others might appreciate knowing a little bit about what it is to be an authentic Christian and what really goes on sometimes behind closed doors. But the results usually are public and sometimes it takes a little discussion to connect the two. That is a prayer that you are praying with the results. And also because of the discussion God had with me on Saturday. The first story I'll share is about a time when I was alone in my house in Glendora and I could feel that there was something off. So I had prayed while I was reading a book asking God what was going on with the house and what should I do. Yes, I was reading and talking to God at the same time. Now this may seem to be a strange request, but not when you have some experience with this kind of thing. I'm talking about demons. So as I was reading my book, and after casually throwing up a prayer, I noticed that as I was reading a page, zero information had translated into my head. I remember asking myself, what's going on? So I read the page again, and the same thing happened. It was as if I never read it. Then I heard that voice inside that said, pray over your house. And I said, without thinking about the voice, I already did. And I went about trying to read the page again, not realizing that it was God talking to me. Once again, the page did not translate into my head, and I heard that voice again saying, pray over your house. That is when I realized that it was God telling me what to do right after I just asked him what I should do. I'm a little slow, and that's not the first time of my slowness. So I grabbed some oil. Now, there's no power in oil, but it is symbolic in a sense. Okay, so that's how I was trained. I started to pray over the doors and the windows, as doors and windows represent openings, just like your ears and eyes do. They also represent openings. What you send or invite through those openings or portals can allow demonic attack. This is why we repent. We're not repenting for perfection. We're repenting so that we can keep those windows and doors shut and do the will of God. So I work my way from the back of the house to the front. Now I'm standing in a kitchen 
which had a door that led to our computer room. It was like a 400-foot add-on. So I noticed that when I stepped into the kitchen and went to pray over the doorway that led into that room, I immediately had the sensation as though I had stepped on an electrical cord. Every sense of my body was on alert and in fear mode. Now, like any new Christian, I simply turned around and started heading out the front door. And as I was doing so, two things occurred to me. One was that I wasn't dressed for the occasion. And two, I did hear a voice and it said, don't you think I can handle this one? I responded by going back into the kitchen. And as I did, there was that very uncomfortable alert. Every hair on my body was standing up. So since I didn't know what to pray, I started to pray in tongues, which was also new to me. But I knew that it worked because it was in the Bible, and it had worked with others that I had read about, so I gave it a shot. About five minutes later, I heard a noise that was a cross between a screech owl and a bobcat. I would throw in pterodactyl, but I've never heard one of those. Anyway, it, that is the noise, and whatever invisible beast that was making it, shot across from one end of the room to the other and faded away. Now, I've been around for a minute, and I never heard a sound like that, not on TV, not on the radio, not at the zoo, not in my neighborhood. None of the Avengers made it, and it wasn't in any of the Jurassic Park movies. So I made a quick assessment to see if my job was done and noticed that the awful feeling was still present. So I assessed that perhaps there was another one, whatever the one was, and started to pray again. So as I was praying, another five minutes went by and the same sound did the exact same thing, shot across one end of the room to the other and was gone. At that very instant, it was as if I was standing in a warm shower. All the discomfort had left my body, the hairs laid down on my arms, and any fear that I had, had left. I knew that what was in my house didn't belong there and thank God for God, because he knew how to get rid of it. And strangely enough, as in most all things, He used a human to do the job. I didn't get a medal, but I got freedom. So the next story is a bit strange also, in that I was in one place fighting against something that was in another place. After 30 years, I guess this can be stated most of the time with these kinds of things. You're in one place, and the battle is raging somewhere else. I was attending training in Sacramento after just receiving a new job locally. In my hotel room, I had a practice of listening to worship music and or reading something about Christianity. As I was listening to worship and reading a book from Rick Joyner, I think it was titled something like Two Trees in the Garden. Anyways, as I was reading, the same exact thing had happened there that had happened at my house in Glendora. I read a page and it wasn't computing and I remember being befuddled as if it had never happened before. It just didn't compute that it was the Lord again. So I tried to reread the page again, and the same thing happened, of course. And then I heard that voice, and it said, pray. But slow as I am, I still haven't learned to respond to the voice of God the first time I hear it. So back to reading I go, and I got the same result. And then the same request came, pray. And when I heard it again, I remember saying, oh, it's you again. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So I got up and I started to pray, thinking, I don't know what to pray. So I must go into the world of tongues again. I remember I was praying in a tongue I had never heard before, and I heard a voice say that it was Mongolian, and I was sure of it, even though I had never heard Mongolian slang or otherwise. At that time, I never knew that someone could pray in a language they actually never knew about. I know it sounds bizarre, but that's just the way it is. So I'm praying, and all of a sudden, everything lit up in my body again. 
all the warning signs, the hair up again, but this time it was very, very intense. And it startled me quite a bit, but I kept praying. And as I did, all the power went off in the room. Yep, no worship, no lights in my hotel room. It was pitch black. I'd like to tell you that I just rose up in courage and dealt with it like a true man of God, but in truth I was scared. But remembering who the Lord was, and that He's the one that asked me to do the task, I simply started walking around the room, heading into each pitch black corner, body lit up like a back alley cat, threatening the devil to get out of my space, praying in the tongues, praying in the tongues, praying in the Mongolian tongues. And in that, I remember, for whatever reason, I have no idea, I just shouted that I hated sin, of which I do. But when I did that, I noticed and looked up at the clock and it was 8.58 p.m. And then everything broke. All of a sudden, 25 minutes later, that is, I was in that warm shower again. Power was on the job and my job was done. And the best part was, that I had no idea what had just happened in that little hotel room of mine. So that weekend I was going to visit a friend who actually led me to the Lord and I chatted with him and he said, go back home and see if anybody had anything weird happen. So I did and nothing. Nobody in my life group, nothing in church, nobody in the leadership. A couple of weeks later, one of my life group guys came to me and said, hey, you remember that little deal that you told me about that occurred in the hotel room? Well, back here, my wife and I were preparing to use meth, and I took that needle and I stuck it in her arm and a needle bent. Then I remember looking at the clock and it was 8.58 p.m., and before I could use, I had lost the appetite to use myself. He said, I just wanted you to know that. So the moral to this story, if there really is a moral to this story, is simple. God may ask you to do something sometimes for other people, and we just don't know. I had no idea that as I was sitting in that hotel room, There was a war raging just two hours away. So there was this other time that I was sitting at home getting ready to go to my men's group when a phone rang and I got a call from a person who I used to work with at a job we no longer had. He said, I don't have to go to work tonight. Can I go to your men's group? Now, I had been working with this guy for 10 months. He was an employee of mine, and we eventually parted and went our separate ways. So I had heard nothing from him in quite a while. I must have invited him to a group 50 times or so. Anyway, I was sure glad to hear him ask that question. So I said yes, and he said, I'll meet you over there. But because I know there's always warfare, and something will try and come up and divert a person away from their decision, I said, why don't you come to my house and we'll go together. He hung up the phone, and as I was jumping around the house knowing that a miracle was about to happen, the phone rang again, and it was him telling me that his boss had just called him and asked him to go to work that night, so he wasn't able to go to group. I said, that's okay, we'll give it another go, another time. So then I hung up the phone, and lo and behold, that little voice said, pray. Now, it only had to ask me once this time because I was kind of getting used to the idea of hearing it. So I started walking up and down my living room praying. I knew I was praying in a Russian tongue because I was told I was praying in a Russian tongue. I had no idea what I was saying, and no, I'm not a Russian, I'm a German. And no, I can't speak German either. I speak broken English and slang, sometimes valley girl, but that's just to get a laugh. Anyway, this went on for about 20 minutes, and then I kind of felt like it broke. And I say, or when I use the word broke, I simply mean that something changed. It doesn't mean I understand what it is, or what changed, but you just get that feeling that you've finished the task. Five seconds later, the phone rang, and guess who it was? My friend called me back and said, hey, 
My boss just called me and said I don't have to go to work tonight. Right then and there, I knew that God had done a work again and that he used little old silly me to get it done. He would do the same with you if you let him. So I took him to the group that night. Now I'm sharing the story of him attending the group because I want you to see that the fight isn't over until it's over, and I felt that I was responsible to see this thing through. And although the phone calls were cool, they, in and of themselves, were not the miracle. A group I was watching over him, waiting for him to respond. We closed the group in prayer, and I remember being befuddled that nothing had happened. I was chatting with God and remember telling him that I wasn't leaving until he surrendered his life. As is our life group custom, we hung out and shared our lives. I remember going over to the fireplace and saying again, God, I'm not leaving until this man gives his life to you. And shortly afterwards, my friend stands up and begins sharing a testimony about how he knew me and about how I had done certain things and got his attention and that it made an impact on his life. And so he did give his life that night to Christ. Okay, so this is the last one. It's a strange one, and I say this as if the others aren't equally as strange. So I'm on my way to an inspection, which is about four hours away from where I work. And I had this strange feeling to just start praying in tongues. So I started doing that, which resulted in the four hours passing by very quickly. I thought it was kind of weird that I was praying in tongues the whole time, because when I pray in my native tongue, I go about five minutes and run out of words. I remember thinking this is not normal. Nobody could do this, no matter how hard they tried. I wondered what I was praying about, about what I was saying. What was it? What was my prayer doing? I just wasn't sure, but I knew that it was a holy language given to us by God. Take a peek at 1 Corinthians 12.10. It's one of the gifts he gives us. So I thought, well, it's one of the gifts he gives us. So I thought, well, that was enough for me to do it. And I thank God for even using me to do it because it did really pass the time. I completed my inspection and turned around and got back in my car and started heading back to work. By this time, it was about 8 p.m. There was a gas station and a restaurant out in this desert country, and that's it. I think the street name was Al and the other one was H. Outside of that, there was nothing for miles. So I filled up the tank while also watching the attendant close the doors on the garage and turn off all the lights. I got in my car, turned over the key, and nothing. A slight amount of fear came over me as I knew the garage had just closed, and I was in nowhere land and had about three hours to drive. I tried a few more times and nothing, and then I hear that voice again, and he posed a question. He said, if you were praying in tongues for all that time, do you think that you might get an alien response? (laughs) No, he didn't. He did say a response. No aliens. Somehow it made sense that I knew that this was an attack, trying to dishearten me from what God was doing. So I started praying over the car. I know it sounds silly, commanding evil spirits to leave a car, especially an American car. They don't like to leave them. I prayed in tongues for three to five minutes, turned the key, and the car started. Now, like any wise man, I go to the restaurant across the street thinking it was a smart thing to do to go in and call the shop, which is typically standard procedure, and let them know that I was having trouble with the car and see what they would recommend. Of course, if they had to send someone out, it would be a six-hour round trip, not something I wanted to go through. Anyway, they said that they would give me a call back once they figured out what to do. An hour had passed and no call. So I figured what they decided to do was not call. It worked. I decided to go ahead and go home. So I got in a car and turned it over and nothing. It would not start. But I had had my training and I knew what to do. So I started praying and in about three minutes later, the car started. So off I headed back to work. I got to work, parked the car 
and drove home in my own car, of course. The next day, an employee who handles a car fleet asked me how I got the car home. I told him that I drove it in last night, but that it had some issues. He stated that that was impossible, that there was no way I could have driven that car in. The parts were broken and wouldn't have allowed me to do so. So I told him that my power didn't come from the alternator or battery or engine, but from the Lord. I don't really know what happened to the car. Perhaps the engine fell out. It was a Friday car, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about here. I know that I got home, and I know that it blew his mind. It's enough for me. Now, I know that some say that demons don't enter into things, but only into people. And some even believe that that's not possible. Well, if that's true, then I really am out of my mind. Or there really are aliens harassing us at every turn. Nope. My experience is that they do, and that we can win the battle over the Chevy or Ford, over the house or hotel room, over our lives and over someone else's life. I want you to know that if you're an authentic Christian, you too can experience such things with God, and probably will. These are not the things that I search out, but things that just came in my way. It's the Lord using me as He intended to help me to develop my faith and get to know Him. He is extremely concerned with humanity and will use you to get the job done if you will allow Him. Hopefully you look past the weirdness and see the love of God. Well, that's it for today. The purpose of these messages is to let you know that God is really working through His chosen and willing vessels. Not the most mature or strongest all the times, but even the babies of Christianity. Supernatural power coming from the gift of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, is available, necessary, and should be evident in your life as a Christian. Don't let the rebellious or demonic talk you out of your calling and purpose. We should also be doing the same thing that Jesus did. Matthew 9.35 states, When Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people, And by the way, sometimes disease and sickness is caused by demons. That's why you have to be able to cast them out. You have to understand that world. So Jesus did this out of his compassion for the condition of humanity. Surely we ought to be doing the same. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through in the people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in Deep Waters.